Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Welcome back to Simple Pleasures. I hope wherever you're listening from, your week so far has been filled with those sweet everyday joys. Today, we're talking all things grief, which you might think is a little odd for a podcast that's about celebrating the joy in life, but bear with me. (laughs) My experience of grief is predominantly through the lens of estrangement. For those not familiar, estrangement is when you physically or emotionally distance yourself from someone often ending in little or no communication for a prolonged period of time. For me, that was my family. Part of me feels nervous to put this out there because I understand I'm talking about a very specific kind of grief that might not resonate with everyone and because I don't want to draw comparisons with other kinds of grief too. But for better or worse, grief is a big part of my life and has undeniably shaped me as a person and my relationship to joy. So it feels right to give it the space it deserves on this podcast. Before we jump in, a big caveat that what I'm going to talk about is my own experience, and by no means reflects everyone's experience of grief or estrangement. But I'm sharing this with you in the hope that it resonates. As you might expect, this episode talks openly about grief and depression. So if this isn't something for you right now, then feel free to skip this one. If not, here we go. I spent so much of my mid-twenties fighting it. The grief. Shouting at it to leave, hurriedly packing its bags and shoving it out of the door, only to find it waiting patiently for me outside. I did everything I could to run from it. This dark, looming entity that I couldn't begin to understand. So I did everything I could to keep it at bay. I kicked it, I starved it, I suffocated it, ran from it, denied its very existence. But that's one of the things I've learned about grief. You can run for as long as you like, but it's going to catch up with you. It's something you have to feel. Grief in relation to estrangement has its own nuances. I became estranged from all members of my immediate and wider family, so around 30 people, over the course of a two-week period. Which meant that I experienced a huge amount of loss in an extremely concentrated period of time. Experiencing such a huge loss at a relatively young age in my life has undeniably shaped me as a person. In the immediate aftermath, I was convinced this was for the worst. I was brimful of it and swung between melancholy, disbelief and apathy. I simply couldn't imagine a time where it wouldn't feel like the loss of my family and the subsequent grief wouldn't be the defining emotion I felt. I've spoken briefly before on this podcast about my experiences with depression and it stems directly from this time in my life. Seven years on and I find it difficult to put into words... So much time and distance has passed that I can't accurately remember the intensity of how I felt. But throughout this time, I wrote, furiously, in my journal, scribbled on the back of receipts, 
on my phone in nightclub toilets. It was my escape, a chance to give a voice to the darkest parts of me. And looking back, I'm so grateful I had this outlet. To have a space to be so unapologetically grieving. No one can summarise it better for me than my 25-year-old self when I wrote that it felt like an unbearable weight that shifts and changes as soon as I have a hold on it, so it becomes unbearable again. Reading back on my writing at this time is tough. I feel overwhelmed by how overwhelmed I was. Something I found so difficult in the early days of it was that during this, for me, life-changing loss, life carried on. I think this will resonate with anyone who's experienced grief. The strangeness in the few weeks after the immediate loss. When you return to work or have to still pay your credit card bill or you're running for the train to catch your commute home. Normal life resumes, but you're still grieving. Your world has shifted slightly, but it's barely noticeable to the world outside. And because culturally we're not great at talking about death and grief, you end up playing along, pretending that you're okay. And sometimes that's helpful because you don't want to think about it. But for me, I found this time incredibly lonely. And I want to caveat this by saying I had brilliant people around me and I owe it to them that I'm talking to you now. But even with a caring support network, that day-to-day shift in pretending to be going about my normal life again after the grief was one of the worst parts of it. Just over one year into my estrangement and I stopped fighting the grief so hard. I was exhausted. I felt apathetic and simply didn't have the energy to turn away from it. And so I began to face it. Which is an ongoing journey and one I think I will be on for the rest of my life. And that's when something started to happen that surprised me. From what felt like the very depths of grief, I started to find joy. I don't want this to come across like I'm looking for a silver lining here. I really wasn't. But at the depths of my grief, I found a new appreciation for the life in front of me. It turned up in places I wasn't expecting. Like making myself a meal I had been craving all week and enjoying it in silence, people watching the street below. Or on a Sunday morning, where I'd wake up early and realise I didn't have to be anywhere, so I'd flip my pillow over to the cold side and listen to the seagulls nesting on our roof. Or sneak out into the kitchen, make myself a cup of tea and tuck myself back into bed. I didn't call it simple pleasures then, but that's exactly where I found my joy. At the solar plexus of my grief, in the everyday mundane moments. More than just finding them, they felt different post-estrangement. It's not that I'd not noticed them before, I had, but I'd never felt them, appreciated the joyful simplicity of them. I attribute that to the grief, and perhaps the unique experience I had, where I lost a lot of people in my life very quickly. I'd been to rock bottom, a depth I didn't know that existed within me. But what about the other end of the spectrum? Now I understand grief and joy as something that goes together, like two planets orbiting different sides of a sun. They are intrinsically connected. To paraphrase Jonathan Van Ness, 
you cannot selectively numb grief, sadness and pain without also numbing the joy. And in allowing myself to feel and understand the depths of my grief, I had also unintentionally made space for a whole new kind of joy. This isn't to say I didn't feel sad anymore, far from it, but I did start to experience more frequent and day-to-day happiness than I had before, alongside riding the ebbs and flows of sadness. Simply coming out of the grief alive and relatively intact felt like a huge relief. A bit like that first beautiful day in spring after a long, damp winter, where you leave the house in just a jacket, sunglasses dusted off and feel instantly lighter. The sunshine literally warming your soul through your skin. I was ready for life to carry on and to see what I could create within it. Because with such a big loss came such a big opportunity for something new too. I've been estranged now for over seven years, which feels like both no time and a lifetime. I'm at a stage with it where I think about the loss as something that's alive, a living loss to borrow my therapist's words. It changes and grows with me if I allow it the space to do so. That sometimes looks like finding new ways to mark and celebrate family birthdays or anniversaries. So on my grandma's birthday this year, I remembered her by having a McDonald's in the sunshine and raising my chicken nuggets to her. Something I know she would both love and disapprove of. On other days, it looks like crying on my yoga mat because I miss my mum and I'd give anything to talk to her. I still miss being able to pick up the phone and tell her about my day in minute detail. But I know that it's okay to do so and that realistically, I might always feel this way. I find the freer and more in touch I am with my grief, the more I can tend to it, giving it the care and nurture it deserves as a living part of me. Grief is a part of life and feels like such an integral part of who I am, which is why I wanted to allow room for it on this podcast. It's the underbelly of all my everyday joy and it can suck at times be truly awful and devastating. It breaks your heart and leaves you to pick up the pieces. But for me, it's also made life feel so much sweeter. I find a productivity within it. It fuels me forward and makes me more in tune with my intuition. It's helped me make big life decisions. Thinking back to a time where I didn't want a future, gives me clarity about what I want and need in a future I am now so immensely grateful for. It continues to give me perspective and keeps me grounded when it feels tempting to get wrapped up in life's little dramas. Then there's the pure bliss it's given me at being alive, being able to experience the mundane wonder around me, of petting a cat on your way to the shop, of laughing with a new friend or holding hands with someone you love in comfortable silence. Alongside the tears and aching, the missing and longing, the wishing it could be different, I have found a bittersweet joy that sits at the very heart, hand in hand with grief.
This is the part of the podcast where I usually offer a prompt and a moment of reflection that you can take into your own lives beyond this episode. But for today, I want to take the time to recognise that everybody's grief is so different and personal that it doesn't feel right to do so. Today's episode has been informed by my own experiences and it wouldn't sit right with me to do our usual joint reflection. Instead, however you're grieving, I'd like to send you love. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures, where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys, from hot, buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.